your mother. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the duo of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Both and Zach kicking it cooler than two. Until Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some birds with friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Zach coming at you with steps and things We are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We are going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Sunday evening, 10.05 Chicago time. 11.05 Eastern Standard Time. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn here to talk about the Eagles' uneven, uh, often sloppy, always cold, still victorious game. 25-20 over the Chicago Bears. The Eagles 13-1 and and their magic number for the NFC's top seed is just one. With three weeks remaining, Zach, are you ready for a January in Philadelphia? It certainly looks that way, Bo. And am I ready and how for it? Right, is Emily? Well, she's—that's the only question she's been asking—is—is is what's it take for them to get a, a home field advantage? I, I, she doesn't frame it as home field advantage. I think she says for you, not the travel. But uh, no, the Eagles are uh, another win, like you said. That that magic numbers one. Um, my focus is on uh, having, you know, the best coverage we can have during these next few days. But it's very much fair to start thinking about playoff possibilities and you know what those matchups would be in week two and what could happen thereafter. So uh, this is this is a big, big. Um, I don't, I don't want to say it's a big win beating the Bears, but like we've seen around the NFL, teams don't always take care of business, and the Eagles took care of business in a game that. Uh, wasn't always as they would have wanted it, things that they need to correct. If I can quote Lane Johnson here, a sloppy-ass game, but a sloppy-ass game that ends with a win nonetheless. Marissa, 90 seconds into the show, Zach's already working blue. I know. I'm like, I don't have the little edit button there. <laughs> he was giving I, a quote. I yes. give him that. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a quote. It was a quote. Um, and it's in a story that you can find now on The Athletic. Hmm, there you go. Uh, happy Hanukkah to one and all as we yeah. enter the uh, the holiday season. Marissa's been uh, gnashing on some some latkes we hear earlier today. How's that going, Marissa? Um, it's good, Mike. I have to give the shout out to Michael because he would be very upset with me if I said I made them. He made them. Um, they were very good. We had some gluten-free jelly donuts. Um, so yeah, uh, happy Hanukkah to all those celebrating. Very nice night. All right, back to uh, the Andrew Dice Clay of the Eagles beat, uh, being Zach. <laughs> and uh, Zach, I guess, uh, you know, this game, very, uh, very stilted offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lose a turnover battle, three to one in this game. Two interceptions for Jalen Hurts, his first two interception game of the season, only interceptions number four and five. And he said after the game that the cold really affected him early in this yes. game. Now, this game was it was freezing in Chicago. 18 degrees at kickoff, 
Three degrees was Take the note wind of that, chill. 18 degrees. I That's right. Up. We'll get to that. We'll get to Swooper later on. Don't you worry, Marissa. One of the more <laughs> impressive Swooper performances in recent memory. Um, felt like three degrees. And Jalen Hurts, he looked off uh, in, in this game. He had that one early throw rolling left, uh, dropping a dime to Devontae Smith. But after that, he just seemed like he was miscalibrating his arm a little bit. And that first interception looked like that. It looked like he thought he was able to get more arm strength on that than he was able to. Uh, there were other throws where I don't know whether it was the wind or not, but it seemed like he was not um, throwing the ball the way that he normally does. And he said that uh, like his, his his hands were numb, his mm -hmm. vision was affected. And, and what did you make of that? And are you like, like a little bit concerned knowing that if the playoffs are going to be in January, mid-January in Philadelphia, it's probably going to be pretty cold. Uh, is this a, a, a preview of things to come, or is this like one he need, needed to get out of the way and uh, he'll, he'll be better next time? A lot to, a lot to discuss here, okay? Uh, first being, yeah, he, he was very honest about this. He was asked after the game what he can learn from this, and he says he, he needs to better – uh, I don't know. I don't think he said prepare. I have the the word that he used. Get in tune. I th I think he said hmm. he needs to get in tune when he plays in a cold game like this again before the game. Uh, and credit to uh, Ed Kratz from SI Maven who saw Jalen with two gloves on during pregame warmups. For full disclosure, I I typically in both seasons I got the binoculars out in pregame warmups. Today was the first game I could remember in a long time elsewhere. where I didn't. I was watching the World Cup. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was not as focused on the pregame warmups as I am in the past. And my and, eyes were uh, my eyes were staring right into the eyes of Mark Sitko. <laughs> um Shout out we to were watching listener yeah. Mark, who is uh behind uh, the, the brains behind the operation of some of the uh, the intro music. So um but then I I did notice right away to start the game, he had the glove on his non-throwing hand, which he doesn't usually have, but he has had it in cold weather games in the past. I remember the New Orleans game, um, the the Washington game last year. He had it. New Orleans game two years ago. He had it, uh, and he he was very honest about the fact that he couldn't feel his his hands were numb. He couldn't feel it early in the game, uh, and there was a before and an after in terms of those two interceptions. He did. I think you used the term recalibrate. That's a good way of putting it. Um, here, I'm pulling it up here. He started the game 4 of 10 for 47 yards with two interceptions. He he then went 18 of 27 for 260 yards. I'm sorry, for 268 yards following the second turnover. Uh, so he, he did get in a rhythm thereafter, but, but the cold definitely had an effect on him, and it's the coldest game he he's played. He said that today, but even we have access to uh, – where we can sort game logs with True Media based on the recorded temperature of the game, and he has not played in an NFL game in freezing temperatures yet. He's he's, he's played in games in the 30s, but not in freezing temperatures. So, Bo asked, I think, a very pertinent question to him, as he just asked to me, and it's something that's relevant to anyone watching here. Is it if they get home field advantage, they're gonna have to win cold games in Philly, like Philly in January. It's cold. Uh, I mean, I remember the Falcons and the Vikings games. Those were cold, mm. right? Um, and Jalen says, and I'm quoting here, it ain't Chicago, right? Uh, now, the wind is a different story. I, I, was, I was just out there walking on, on, I think it's Dearborn Avenue, 
And uh, I suppose so. I probably could have used some more muscles to flex because the 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 wind could knock you back, right? Um, so yeah, so that's that's that is worth pointing out. But that said, to quote Jalen, it's it's also the teams they play in the playoffs are not Chicago either, right? So the things they were able to get away with today, uh, they wouldn't be able to get away with in the playoffs against a team that's better than Chicago. And uh, just so I'm not reusing material, or I should acknowledge that I'm reusing material, that line is it the story that is now on the Athletic about the Eagles' offensive performance. Doesn't doesn't uh, it ain't Chicago feel like like a like a tagline to like a movie or a <laughs> yes or a, like yes. A, an HBO series or something like that. It ain't yeah, Chicago. I don't know. Now, do you uh, have a, a a favorite movie or TV show that took place in Chicago? Hmm. I'm That's sorry. I, I should not have brought that up. But let's get I would that. say that like the let's definitive Chicago movie, like the, the, the first movie that comes to mind is probably Ferris Bueller, right? Um Okay. But when I think of Chicago movies, I think I I think I I think I probably think of Field of Dreams, even though it's just a, a really? it's just a scene. Um okay. but I would guess uh what the you've got uh you got the untouchables. I don't know, what else you, what else what else jumps to mind for you? What well, there's rookie of the year, okay. Well, of course, it's rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, there's the fugitive. I, I I see that that's in the chat now. The fugitive. Uh, I we I I saw the hotel where you know that 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 final scene takes place. Um, yeah. There's the, I mean, Home Alone's in the Chicago suburbs, yeah, right? I was thinking Home Alone. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of John Candy Chicago suburbs movies. You want to go Uncle yeah. Buck or something? On on TV, there's there's Shameless. Right is from uh, is is in Chicago, so yes, yeah, okay. the Chicago shows. Here's my question for Chicago you: Chicago PD, yeah. Chicago Fire, Chicago Med. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Those are my favorite. Can't You're sick. So long yeah. them. <laughs> Sorry sick. for bringing that up. By the way, ER ER was Chicago, right? Never watched it, so I assume mm. so. I feel like you would like ER. <laughs> you it's like the West that? Wing for hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> I like the West Wing. Okay. So, yeah. here's my big question for you, Zach, um, in this game. The Eagles coming to this game, knowing that they have a relatively easy path to the, to the number one seed. They're going up against a defense that is dead last in DVOA, 32nd, can be had any way. They're bad against the pass. They're bad against the run. And they come out in this game, and the game plan mm -hmm. is – to throw the ball deep. Now Jalen Hurts had his had his highest um average depth of target for any game this season. In this game, 12.6 yards, his second highest of his career as a starter. And they run Jalen Hurts 17 times, 15 if you don't count kneel downs for 61 yards. He's getting hit. Uh he's he's like slow to get up at times. And Miles Sanders and if you want to count Kenny Gainwell combined for 14 carries. Are you a little bit curious about why they came into this game knowing the, the greater stakes of the season, willing to you know, let Jalen Hurts get hit in this game on a cold day in Soldier Field, a field that is like notoriously sketchy and not just sort of like plow ahead and run the ball down this team's throat? So regarding the passing plays, uh, Nick Sirianni said those were the matchups that they liked. He said at the end of the day, A.J. Brown, he didn't have the correct yardage, but he said A.J. Brown had had 
uh, what it, it turned out to be 181 yards, and Devontae had 126. He said so. Uh, clearly, in essence, he was saying it was working, right? I, I mean, these 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 guys put up prolific numbers, and, and there is a degree of truth there. Uh, although Miles Sanders should have a carry before the second quarter of the game. I asked him specifically about the the quarterback centric running game, and he 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 kind of pushed back on or you know he disagreed with the premise of the question. He did not think it was a quarterback centric running game. He thought that he, he said they had plays where Jalen's reading the backside, and that's what what Chicago had him do. He basically said if you look at the Bears, they had more designed runs. He said the Eagles, uh, they they only had a few designed runs. Now his point, Jeff McLean asked him uh, about the hits that Jalen was taking because you, you, you brought that up. And uh, he said that there's different types of hits. He says the hits that are like head on are not as dangerous of hits. And again, I don't have like data or evidence to I have them to... down for 11 of these runs as planned runs based on my in-game charting. Now, some of those are RPOs where he's reading the backside, yeah. but, the, but, but yeah, I mean, and, and, and by the way, and Nick acknowledged this in an, in an, in an, in an aside that those can be straight handoffs if they wanted to make them handoffs, right? They're, they're choosing to make them RPOs with, with the option of, of Jalen running the ball. He and really some of them are Jalen checking to them himself as yeah. his teammates said he did on the, that like the easiest 22 yard touchdown run you've ever seen. Yes. He, he liked the matchups with, with these receivers. Uh, now, as far as the the depth of the passes, AJ said that the way they were playing him was they were taking away all inside leverage, and basically they Eagles determined throughout the game that they had the, that the way to play that coverage. Obviously, when they're forcing you to the sideline, is more shots downfield. They're 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 giving you that, and you have to you have to run precise routes, and the ball has 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 to be there, but they're not letting you you have have those slants inside, right? They're taking away the inside leverage. So uh, that explains a bit the the deep balls. But I think that for a team that in the past has liked to say they can run on anybody, right? Like they're choosing to run against the top-ranked run defenses they play. Right. Here they're playing against a team that, that's giving up like 140, 150 yards per game on the ground, and they're choosing to pass against that team. Um, I do agree that they had the matchups, but I, I I think that they could have run the ball more, and it probably it would have been more effective. That said, they they put up you know 400 plus yards. Um, they put up more yards this game than any team except the Chiefs' average on the season. So they were moving the ball, um, and that's that is what you're trying to do is move the ball and score points. It's such a funny disparity on the uh, like the receiving chart in this game. AJ Brown. Nine catches for 181 yards. Devontae Smith, five catches for 126 yards. The next leading Eagles receiver in this game, Kenny Gainwell, two catches for nine yards. Mm -hmm. And Quez Watkins had four for six. Uh, very explosive. We can get to the Quez Watkins stuff. It was like a little bit bizarre how, how much they were force-feeding Quez Watkins on those horizontal plays. Um, and I know that maybe some of that is like constraining the defense to open things up for down the field, but... It was a little bit too much. Anyway, well, well, maybe they're like Dallas Goddard's coming back next week. So yeah, all exactly. Three, I, all, I think that's part of you guys. Like, like I really think that's part of it. 
let's let's get you our 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 or uh, let's let's get you the numbers before Dallas comes back. Right, right. we got to get Quez some numbers because next yeah. week he goes back to being. Uh, we got to get everybody else there. Yeah. and even Devontae. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, Devontae Smith rules. Uh, five catches for 126 yards in this game, and some of those plays are just like the way his his spatial awareness mm-hmm. and like his ability to just like you know, half slow down a little bit to create the room uh, to get himself able to, you know, make the catch along the sideline. It's so impressive. Um, you know, we, we, we've talked about it before, but I thought I thought today was a good example of just like how awesome that guy is. Yeah. So I was I was I uh, agree with you. I think spatial awareness is a good way to put it. He'd be a number one on most teams in the, in this league. He's a really good player. He's only going to get better. Um I was also thinking about this. Devontae is going to go over. Uh, he's going to go over 1,000 yards sometime soon, and uh, and uh, it struck me that when we think about the 2017 team, they took so much pride in like you know we don't have a thousand yard receiver, we don't have a thousand yard runner. Uh, everyone gets involved in it. The Eagles are going to have a thousand yard rusher. <laughs> And 2,000-yard receivers, right? So it's like, you know, it's even better than that when everybody gets numbers um, because uh, I I haven't covered a team like this where everybody gets numbers. Yeah, and I think this was a good, like, I mean, just this team is so good. Now, you know, the Bears are not a very good team, um, and their defense especially is pretty bad. But in a game when you lose a turnover battle by two, Mm-hmm. Uh, the offense Second is time this year is, that they were in the negative. It's pretty stilted and we're going to get to the defense because you know, the pass rush was, was awesome in this game, but like it does, it does say a lot for just like how good this team is that they can sort of sleepwalk through this game and still win pretty comfortably in the end, even though they, they had to, you know, pick up a, a pick up a first down late to, to ice it away. I agree. But um, that's sort of why, like I, I question why they didn't just like, let this be be a big Miles Sanders game and like you just get out of here with a win. Yeah, so that's where I'm trying because I, I thought the same thing. It's as I said, it struck me that it wasn't until the second quarter that he had it. This was the second fewest. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Tied for the fewest amount of uh, running back carries in a game this season for the Eagles. The only other game with I think it was 14 overall and the Washington game when Washington possessed the ball for 40 minutes was the only other game where that was the case. Uh, so it struck me that they didn't do it. Now, again, and this was was kind of what I kept going back to when I was writing my column after, after, after the game is they moved the ball. They could have scored more points. You know, they, they missed a fourth down. They they turned over the ball, right? Like they were – it was it was not out, outside of – was it the second offensive drive when it was three and out with three passing plays? Right outside of that drive, they were almost That's able correct. to do everything. Yeah. yeah, they were able to do anything they wanted. Um, so I I agree they should have run the ball more, especially and, and we should circle I back. Just, to this. I just I just cringe when when Jalen Hurts is taking these hits. Yeah, like you're I mean, so well, close to the playoffs. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so it's like, so I'm not as that doesn't hit me. No pun intended. As much as it does others, because. I've I've used this expression dating back to the preseason, um, dating back to the Detroit game. I, I remember this conversation coming up, and I kept saying, if Jalen Hurts is your quarterback, you're signing up for the full Jalen Hurts experience, right? And like this is this is part, you know, he 
he should run the ball. He's effective running the ball. Now sure. there are limited, you know, there are ways you can limit it and you have to do almost a cost benefit analysis of, of in week 15 in Chicago, when, when you know, you're going to win the game realistically, right? Like, do you need to do that? Can't you just give, you know, an outside zone play to, uh, to Miles Sanders there and let Miles run behind the line? It's a very fair point. Um, but from like a production standpoint, they were able to move the ball through the air. I do though, this part of this conversation, and I feel bad because I deviated us from it with that, that a weird Chicago question I asked, which is like the, the weather and talking to the players after the game. And as Jalen said, was very much a factor. And when you think about cold weather, you often think like, obviously early in the game, you can see Jalen had trouble passing the ball. It's it tends to be more of a, a running the ball offensive line type game. So certainly, and it was very windy on the field as, as well. And you know that because the bears punted the ball from the 31 yard line, 32 yard line, because they're seen a team didn't... punts when starting a drive on the 25. Well, Santos, they showed it on the telecast. Santos like said, no, he can't do it. Um, so very, yeah. So, uh, so given those conditions, one would think that it would be even more of a reason to run the ball. Hmm. One would think, and yet they didn't. Uh, but then all of that said, like, I think, I think credit to Jalen hurts because in a game that was probably his worst of the season, all like all told, you know, every quarterback is going to have an off game. Right. Um, and so for him to like fight through that, play through that, still make that beautiful throw to AJ Brown on third down for the 68 yarder, uh, to set up the game-winning score, um, and then also to hit you know AJ Brown on the slant at the end of the game to win the game. Um, I think it was like, you know, if if this is his worst game, that's not so bad, yeah. Right, and and credit to him. Yes, you're right. Like if if your if your worst game is putting up the passing numbers he did right. and rushing for three touchdowns, right? Take that. You'll 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 take that any day. Yeah. The the I think the end. I don't even think the interceptions look, you're going to have to play in cold weather and it's not totally an excuse, but there's a 14 or a 13 game sample size before this of Jalen being really smart with the football and not turning the ball over. I, I don't get up in arms about those two interceptions given Jalen's track record here. I think that's well said as it looks like, by the way, I, I see, um, Oh, I, I'm sorry. You finished, and then I was I'll say, as I'll, it looks like the Giants are going to take down the Commandos, twenty to twelve. So Colin says AJ Brown getting caught from behind all all, all season. Today he said he was really tired. <laughs> he said he was totally gassed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, he's not going to lie. Like he said in his mind, if he scored a touchdown, that'd be great. But he he was he was exhausted. Mm-hmm. I I love how honest AJ is about certain things after the game. Yeah, yeah, I liked I like when I like last week when I asked him about the uh the special teams like being having to go on for the hands team at the end of the game. Uh even though it was like completely like he'd already been pulled from the game, he was like, Oh yeah, I was totally mentally checked out. Like <laughs> I was like completely, completely not paying attention. Yeah. Which I respect. And then he went and recovered it, recovered it still. So uh yeah, I like that. All right, Zach. Uh let's take a little break. We'll come back, we'll talk about uh a defensive performance. Uh, and a uh, a game wrecking performance from your boy Hassan Reddick. All right, 
back on Birds with Friends, Bo, Zach, and Marissa. Zach, let me ask you this. Eagles, magic number is one. I saw this idea uh, posed by listener and uh, subscriber Joe. Three games left. All they need is one win or any loss by Dallas uh, or the Vikings, either one, uh, to secure the number one seed. Would it make sense for the Eagles? They would never do this. But wouldn't it make sense for the Eagles to rest their starters next week against Dallas, play their starters to beat the Saints and get the better pick against the Saints, secure the number one seed that way, and then rest their starters again in week 18? The short answer is yes. <laughs> um, isn't that isn't that like the yeah. best plan of attack? I mean, I, I think the... Especially if you're going to probably maybe yeah. play the Cowboys in the yeah. playoffs again. Uh, yeah, I, I think the... I mean, the you never take anything for granted in the, in the NFL, right? But yeah, the short answer is 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 yes. You have three games to win one game, right? I think the latter point you made. I mean, take away the draft pick part of it. The latter point you made is is valid to me. One thing I'm really thinking, if I'm Nick Sirianni and the people in the coaching staff when they meet tomorrow and they're putting this game plan together for the Cowboys, is don't empty the cupboard. Right. Like, like, don't even take much out of the cupboard. You might see these guys in your first playoff game. And what you saw when they played the Cowboys the first time around is the Eagles were, it was a great coaching job. And the Eagles did things that the Cowboys had not seen that year. Right. And now the Cowboys are going to have their counterpunch for this game. Uh, and if, if the Eagles are pulling things out that, could be effective in the playoffs. Don't do it, right? Like I would I'm not saying treat this like a preseason game in terms of the of scheme, but from a strategic perspective, it, it's a, it's a cliche in the NFL to say it's hard to beat a team 3 weeks in a row. Um or, or I'm I'm sorry, three it's hard times. to beat a team 3 times in a season. It's hard to play a team of like a few times within a few weeks, right? So uh I I I would be very conservative. It's they've got these weird like game theory questions posed to them and also just like, you know, rest ideas, because if they do win this game next week, I mean, you're not going to rest. You're not going to rest for, three, not gonna weeks. Rest them for yeah. three weeks in a yeah. row. Right. And you're going to play to beat the saints. Cause you want that draft pick better anyway. And you, and you don't want to have them like be super rusty, but like, and guys want, they've numbers. got, they've got yeah. these weird, uh, like balances to, to find. Maybe it's like they play that they play a half both of the last two weeks or something like that. But it's going to be an interesting problem for for Sirianni to have to solve. Yeah, you can't sit guys for for two weeks. And like I know, but like AJ like, Brown had his ankle taped in the locker room after sure. this game. Jalen Hurts is 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 like coming up limp. Who knows how he feels? Like the, these guys are at the end of the season. Their bodies are 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 taking a toll. Like, but you know you're getting a week in there, right? I mean, yeah. But how nice would three weeks be? You got to stay fresh. You got to. You know, if I if I stopped writing for three weeks and I came back, my my first week would be lousy writing. Would it? Oh yeah. Maybe you'd be better off. Maybe you'd have you'd have fresh oh, ideas. Your muscles, your muscles atrophy, right? Uh, I don't think three weeks is long enough to atrophy. Oh yeah, no, definitely. It's it's uh, you can't go three weeks without without working like that. So sure you can. Uh, ever, have you ever been to? Have you ever heard of Europe? I've heard of Europe. Um, I've never lived there. Don't uh, give me this this American overworking mentality. Let's let's think about about full body health. 
I was actually on 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 that note. I was listening. I was driving uh, on Friday. Wait, don't you need to, sleep every night? I was I was driving to work on on Friday, and they and they gave. They were talking. I was listening to talk radio, and they were saying they saved some stats, like the average American uh, doesn't use X amount of vacation days. Um, and, and I was like, wow, they're, they're really, this is like cutting deep right here. The stuff they were saying about people who don't use all their vacation days, I felt very seen. Yeah. 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 So, um, in, in any event, uh, no, you, you are correct that the, the game theory here is applicable and the saints game, you're going to want to win that. And, and you do want like your. You're not going to play your guys week 18, I assume. Um, but if you can play them week 17 uh, and then not play them as, as much week 16, especially when you're on a short week, you know what, what data says about recovery times, right? You saw that in the baseball postseason, for instance, right? Where, where Zach Wheeler, the stats between a full, you know, five days rest and four days or so. So you only have um, five days between games here and not six. Or, or whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, these are all applicable questions. And I think Nick Sirianni's answer, at least publicly, is going to be like, you can't think that way. You have to go out there and go 1-0 this week. Hmm. All right, let's talk about the defense, Zach. Um, they go up against um, a Bears offense in this game that entered uh, allowing a historic rate of sacks, uh, the highest rate since the Texans in 2005. And yet... Uh, like keeping that in mind and the fact that they lost their right guard several plays into the game, uh, Tevin Jenkins, who suffered a neck injury. Uh, the, the Eagles pass rush was all over Justin Fields in this game when they chose to actually rush him and not try to keep him in the pocket. Two sacks for Hassan Reddick, two sacks for Josh Sweat, two sacks for Javon Hargrave. They lead the league in sacks. They're on pace to break the franchise record for sacks in a season uh, and do it in 17 games if they keep up the pace. They have a chance. If Josh Sweat can get one more half sack and Brandon Graham can get one and a half more sacks over the course of the season to be the first team in NFL history with four players with double-digit sacks. Um, I thought Hassan Reddick was the star of the show today. Yep. He was all over the place. He wrecked this game in the first half. There were several plays when he was very close to a sack. He also forced a fumble and recovered a fumble um, in the third quarter. I thought that this was like... Hassan Reddick's case that he has done for the defense this year what A.J. Brown has done for the offense. This is a defense that was second to last in the league in slacks last year. Slacks. Well said. Yes, well said. And I think Brandon Graham being healthy factored into last year's number and this year's number. But Sure, and the defensive Hassan, tackle yeah. group is deeper. And, yeah. But, but, but the Hassan biggest Red, difference yeah. is Hassan Reddick. 100%. And Hassan Reddick is as advertised. Uh, he, frankly, might be better than advertised, right? And I would say I think I would say so. He had he's just so quick around that edge. And you know what this surprised me? I was looking at the the sack leaders. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, no problem. Uh I because I was my you know in, in my mind he is as quick as it gets in terms of like when he gets a sack. But his average time to sack among the league leaders, it's actually like more towards the middle. And Josh Sweat has like the second highest time to sack of the top 20 sack leaders in the, in the league. Josh Sweat has the second highest. Second quickest. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. That makes yeah, sense yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. Hassan sometimes 
is he's really good at like getting deep and then coming from behind, mm. right? Um, and uh, and Sweat is <laughs> what? <Bo? laughs> I'm just Bo. gonna just no commenting. That's that's just a reaction for the uh, visual listeners, not Bo. for podcast audience. Bo, you're 36 years old, man. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a drop. <laughs> uh, and and sweat is is just so quick off the line. Um, I mean, I mean, they're both quick, but yeah, Hassan is he's he's been terrific, and having him on, having him in the in the in the defense, uh, I don't know who they could have added this past offseason who would give them more of a boost around the edge. What nobody um, they the the delta between Jannard Avery. Last year, and Hassan Reddick this year. Yes. I mean, look, I don't want to. It's similar I, to the delta between Jalen Rager and AJ Brown, but yeah. like, I I don't want to sit here. I mean, we're, we're we're weeks past the Jonathan Gannon debate, and the uh, we definitely don't need to go down that rabbit hole. But like, but you know, all the is number- a good reminder when we're doing when we do all of the Harry Roseman trades, like they're not all perfect. We got to yeah. you know we yeah, can keep fair. that one in the holster. Fair, but like when when looking at their their 2020 numbers. It's like they had Jannard Avery in the spot in the defense that now belongs to Hassan Reddick. I think we have to account for the talent disparity here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's also like he wasn't even on the field. They didn't even get to play him on the field as much because he was so subpar. They had to play a different style of defense. Um, But I I just like, um, if this was... I, this is sort of what I wrote in the day after, but if this was a game that, that felt like a playoff game because of the temperature, um, it made you think that like this is a this is a playoff caliber pass rush. Um, oh, in, absolutely! In like if if they're going to get to the Super Bowl, they're going to be tight games. They're going to need big plays from those guys on the edge and up the middle, and they they have the horses. Uh, they they are deep enough and also top heavy enough to get after these teams. And if you just look at the potential opponents, they are difficult teams to sack. Um, like the the potential round one opponents, Tampa and Detroit, both one, two in the league in uh, fewest sacks allowed per pass. San Francisco is eighth. Dallas is fourth. All of these mm-hmm. like high level opponents are tough to get after. And so you need to be really good at it. And And right now the Eagles are. Yeah, so you look at I mean I th- I think you think about Dallas and San Francisco in particular and those are are teams that run the ball effectively. And the Eagles whole thing is they they need to get you in the known passing situations. Now, I understand five of their can, six sacks today on third down. Yeah, so 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 you can uh push back and say, well, Chicago entered the game with the most rushing plays in the NFL and have been an effective rushing team and have a really good running quarterback. Uh and all all that is true, but like you just said, they when you get in the third down and you and you gotta pass the ball, that's when these guys can get after you. The expression that you hear in that Eagles locker room time and time again is earn the right to rush the passer, right? And that's that's what that's what they did. They they get you into these third downs and Hassan Reddick against a bad left tackle or a mediocre left tackle, uh, or or right tackle as it's 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 more the right tackle, I should say. Um, he he will he, he comes fast and furious around that edge. 
I think it was also encouraging in this game. Um, we have seen this more of late. The uh, the games up front between mm-hmm. uh, the guys on the defensive line. The Eagles are like dead last in the league in the rate that they run games up front. But both of Josh Sweat's sacks in this game and one of Javon Hargrave's two came on just a two-man game between the two of them with uh, one of the two of them freeing up space for the other guy to loop inside or outside uh, and get a pretty much of a free rush. And so um, I was talking to, I, I asked Sweat after the game and he was like, yeah, I can't take any credit for that. That first one. That's like, that's all Javon. He's just says pre-snap. Like I got you here. Um, and it, and it worked out. It worked out perfectly. I like that. Good insight there. I, I, just a little, just a little, little nug for you. And always like speaking to Josh. What? Yeah. Yeah. Like speaking to Jalen Hargrave too. Oh yeah, let's eat, right? What's that from? You guys sell that a little more, bro. D- I don't know dinosaurs. No, I wrote a story on Javon <laughs> last year, and don't you remember? Yes, that's that's what everyone in his family says. Let's eat, and he rewards himself with something good on the post game flight. Well, Zach, that's going to be uh, tied together at the uh, in, in the day after tomorrow. There you go. Except. It's a side relic. Oh, okay. I like that. Okay. Um, The other big thing to talk about on defense, Zach, Anthony Harris not called up for this Mm -hmm. game. What are the Eagles going to do with safety? They've only got Kayvon Wallace as a pure safety. Well, after like five years of clamoring, we finally got to see Avante Maddox back at safety. Uh, The game plan tonight was, or this afternoon, was uh, when the Eagles were in their base defense, when they didn't need a third corner on the field, their 5-2, Avante Maddox was the safety opposite Marcus Epps. Kayvon Wallace was on the sideline. And then when they did need uh, nickel defensive back personnel, Avante Maddox played his customary position and Kayvon Wallace played deep. Um, I thought that this was like... uh, just a a breath of fresh air of common sense. Like this is what totally makes sense. You keep your best players on the field. You know that he can do it. Um, Gannon talks all the time about the overlap between, uh, between nickel and safety in his defense. It makes all the sense in the world that he would be there next to Marcus Epps. And I thought he played well. He forced two fumbles. Um, One of them, a really impressive play when he came downhill, Hassan Reddick, Took the uh, the jet sweep wide, got a bit of a of a jarring hit before Maddox comes in and forces the ball loose. They get a little bit of fumble luck and it stays in bounds. But uh, I thought this was a great example of don't overthink it. Like keep your best players on the field and and kudos to Jonathan Gannon. Well said. Agree. I think uh, yeah. If you if you operate under the, under the philosophy. Who's who's the best possible safety you that you, that, you, that you can put out there, and you can't go with the logic that well you're affecting two positions because yeah you're moving him back to the slot when you're in nickel, but Avante's a, a smart player, he he knows how to play multiple roles. I like that they did that. Um, probably doesn't reflect very well on Kayvon, but you're here. I don't know about games. that though. Okay. Uh, because I, I, just, I just think it makes sense. And you're, especially if you're not deep at the position anyway, you don't have another backup safety up. 
like you're taking a little bit of pressure off of Kayvon. He still played like 40 of 55 sure. snaps. He's, he played plenty. I thought he played okay. Um, he, he looked pretty good coming downhill. This was not a game in which he was going to be tested, really, as a deep Sorry. safety. Um, next week will be different. Uh, and I expect because C.J. Gardner-Johnson has another another week on injured reserve at least before he's eligible to come back. Reed Blankenship, who knows uh, how he's doing. My guess is we're going to see this again next week. And I, and I think it makes total sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say. I'm sorry, is it too late for you already? I, what, because I yawned? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, seems like I, you're trying to, now you're trying to poo-poo the safety conversation. No, I'm not, I was, well, I'm not poo-pooing the conversation. No, I was about to say something. I was about to okay. make a point. But I was It just feels the, like, Marissa, I, I tell was me if thinking, I'm wrong here. It feels like Zach's energy level, like in his face, has dropped over the past five minutes. I mean, I definitely sense a little decline in energy, but <laughs> okay, like, all right, all right. I am going to attack this <laughs> remaining of the podcast with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. I was trying to pause before <laughs> I thought because the comment that I was about to make is dare I say this is something they think about for next year. Uh that mm. instead of paying hey, that was a good comment. Yes, it's I but I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to volunteer it before I just thought about it. A bit like longer, it. but we talked about in the previous on Friday's show about how you have both these safeties are free agents and it's hard to sign them both. Uh, well, you already have Avante Maddox under contract. And what if you say that we can um, groom a safety f- for a limited role in nickel? So essentially a nickel Groomer safety, a nickel safety, right? But you have Avante on the field now for 100% of the snaps instead of the – they're in nickel most of the time, but some games you're not, right? Uh, to me, it would be if, – if this works here, it's a logical thing to think about because Avante Maddox is the type of player that you want on the field, and it takes away the problem of having to sign both guys. So that's what I was about to say. I was just – I'm trying to – and I think sometimes I think out loud and instead of thinking out loud, which when I listen back to the podcast, I think makes for bad, bad listening experience. I was trying to think before I spoke. I think that's a good point, Zach. Um, it's a great point, Zach. Thank you, Marissa. I, my sense is that because this possibility has been out there for so long and they haven't done it, mm-hmm. that they don't. They don't want to commit to that, that this was sort of a break glass in case of emergency situation for them. But they do have that possibility. And the other thing is they're probably going to have a different defensive coordinator next year. Like if if things go as we expect and Jonathan Gannon gets a head coach job. So maybe it'll be someone else making that decision. But I feel like Avante Maddox safety has been so obviously there for for the last four years. And the reason and the fact that they haven't done that is enough reason for me to think that they don't want to do that. Isn't that what football coaches do, though, that don't we see this time and time again where something seems like a good yeah. move to make and then they don't do it. And then three <laughs> years later, they do it. And right. then and, and and like, look they, at this they, idea. I had. Exactly. <laughs> Wasn't that when they brought Jalen Mills back as a safety that year? And right. And it was like, well, we played him in the Patriots game and he showed, you know, he showed flashes there. 
well, what about the conversation that's been going on now for a few years that, that Jalen Mills, right. based on his speed, is better equipped in you know this role? Like you, you hear this all the time where they they do something of like months or years later yes. than it seems they should because football <laughs> in general is slower to adapt to anything. So no, it would not surprise me. <laughs> If if all of a sudden they're like, well, we saw this, you know, it was born out of necessity, right? Right? They say the Bears game, uh, we can only promote two guys from the practice squad. We couldn't promote three. We need a Christian Ellis for for special teams, and we saw it. And we're like, you know what? This is this is there's something we here that something that could here. work. Exactly. That is exactly what football four years ago. That's exactly what football coaches do. That always happens. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, anything else on defense? Your boy TJ Edwards returned home had a pretty good game. Led the team in tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of Justin Fields, Zach? I know you're a big Fields guy. Yeah, I mean, well, first off, I think uh, the Eagles were laying it on thick after the game between Nick Sirianni's comment and mm. he must have said something to them in the locker room afterwards because it seemed to be a talking point among multiple players. Uh, and sometimes when Sirianni says something, they all try to repeat it after the game, but uh, I was impressed with, with, with Fields' running ability. I was impressed with his toughness. They have nobody to throw the ball to. Like, absolutely nobody. And I know Claypool wasn't playing in this game, but, man, he has no offensive line. He has no pass catchers. Uh, and I thought that, that, that he was dangerous. And I'm, I'm, I'm in on Justin Fields. Now, now Sirianni's quote f- after the game was that how how good today is uh, for the NFL. I don't think there's going to be any books written about like the Justin <laughs> Fields first first, first Jalen Hurts yeah. game that occurred on, this on crazy December. NFL day anyway. Like uh, like no one cares about this game. Yeah, but I I really like Justin Fields, and I think that if they can put down around him, um, I would buy stock in 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 his upside. He is an unbelievably dynamic runner. My my honest opinion right now is that I don't think he's a good passer, uh, or will ever be. But and why do you say that? Well, I'm just, but but okay. he has no weapons. He has a terrible offensive line, and the Jalen Hurts experience has uh, convinced me to be a little bit more reticent about uh, about declaring something like that. Um, who knows? Who knows how much better he can get? It depends on how he's wired, and I don't know how he's wired. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard good things in in that area. Uh, he he wasn't really turning the ball over today. Uh, now I know he has, I think he has ten picks on the season, but he's just he's he's so dangerous as a running as a as as a runner. Went over a thousand yards today. I'm. I just think there's so much that can be built with a player like him. He's a he's a rare player, and he's like an uh, Isaiah I, Simmons offensive weapon. <laughs> uh, it's he's he's not an Isaiah Simmons offensive weapon, but he is. I mean, I I I don't I didn't think there would be a better running quarterback in the NFL than, than Lamar Jackson, um, but Fields' size. Adds adds a component there. God bless you. Bless you. Thank you. I'm about to say it. Fields' size. You're interrupting adds, yourself, so yes. 
<laughs> adds a dimension that's that's different. And that run that he had, that wasn't a touchdown. The one all, uh, down the left sideline. Fantastic. Um, that, yeah, that was a special run. Yeah, and another play where like Hassan Reddick could have had a sack. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a little break. We'll come back. We'll talk Swooper. Any final thoughts? Set things up for Dallas. Maybe talk about uh, Dougie P getting a big win for the Eagles. Welcome back to Birds with Friends. Bo, Zach, and Marissa. Time to talk about Swooper Sorecasting. Bo entered with eight points. Zach with four. Marissa with one. Four weeks left in the regular season. Bo in shameful anti-competitive behavior um had nothing he had nothing in the bag nothing to fight for where's the feeling like you should be docked for that where's but... the fighting spirit Bo? yeah that's pathetic we're trying to ruin the game i don't like that bad job by Bo. marissa <laughs> you had six gardner Minshew plays on offense didn't happen Dallas Goddard has at least twice as many receptions as the Bears have sacks. Dallas Goddard wasn't activated for this game. What'd you make of that, Zach? I think they're saving Dallas for Dallas. I think they thought they could win without him this week. They didn't, yeah, that was the same they didn't frame it that way. They said he still needs more time. But if this was a playoff game, Dallas Goddard would have been playing, in my opinion. I think that's right. Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts both rush for touchdowns. Justin Fields, almost, if he doesn't step out of bounds, he would have so hit close. this. Did not, unfortunately. Jalen Hurts did have three, so you're 0 for 3. But then the tides began to turn for Mrs. Dunn. The Eagles punt on fewer than one-third of their drives. They punted just twice on 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 11 real possessions, bingo, bango, bongo, Check. hit for you. And then in the third, I think it was the third quarter, the Bears punter, what's his name? Because he deserves a little shout-out. I don't out know, yeah. On your behalf. Uh, T. Gill. Trenton Gill? Up Trenton yes, Gill. Trenton Gill. Trenton Gill unleashes... A beautiful parabola off his foot <laughs> that lands deep inside Eagles territory and stops at the four-yard line. Marissa's swooper Incredible. was the punt, which is down the deepest field position in the game by either team, will be at a yard line which is greater or equal to the lowest bid for this item, but less than or equal to the winning bid. Basically, it had to be between the two bids, which were three and five. You had a three-yard uh, diameter to get a punt into, and you nailed it. One of the one of the greatest hits in Super history. I like literally screamed when I saw it. I was so excited. Michael was in the other room, like, "What happened?" And I was like, "The punt!" <laughs> and then, moments later. Jake Elliott lines up for a field goal in the place of the double doink. And Marissa had a kick of any kind, hits a post or a pylon, and Jake Elliott stoinks it off the right upright. You hit it, a one-pointer. 
a, a one, yeah, one, one turkey bid. That's impressive. You don't that usually you see hit. one pointers. Not even, pay. not even the one turkey, but just the fact that like what, like how often this season in the NFL has a kick hit the crossbar. The what a ride for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so that, I was watching what? the Sunday ticket because we didn't get it here. So I had it on my computer. So I was a little behind. And I get Zach's tweet come through and like just like the excitement of what I was about to see, just like it was exhilarating. It was great. What but Marissa, happened? you did not have this locked up. That's like when you're at the roulette wheel and yes. <laughs> you know, and, and you hit the number. That's such a that's such a feeling, right? You yes. don't get that very often. Yes. But Zach did, had a lot of good. good you items. did not have this locked up. Yes. It was very dramatic. Zach had six as well. He had the Eagles score more points. Then Joel Embiid scores in Friday's game against the Warriors. Embiid scored 34. The Eagles scored 25. Did not hit. You had a running back on either team is the game's leading rusher. That did not happen. Mm-hmm. Too bad. bad you had TJ Edwards has more total tackles than the Bears' leading receiver has receptions. You nailed that. Nine tackles for TJ Edwards. Uh, four catches for Cole Komet. So a hit for you. That's one. And here's where it got really interesting because Zach had several irons in the fire. He had the Eagles win the game. And this was one where he spent 13 turkeys on it. And he would be pardoned of all 13 of those turkeys if the Eagles covered the spread. So he had this one that he was probably going to win and had a chance to get some turkeys. He had the Bears score fewer points than the temperature at game time, according to the official NFL gamebook. The temperature was 18 degrees. The Bears had 13 points late in the fourth quarter. Also late in the fourth quarter, A.J. Brown had 169 yards receiving, and Zach had... A player in the game finishes with a rushing, receiving, or passing total that finishes in 69. If the game had ended with three minutes left, Zach would have won. He would have had four hits to Marissa's three, and he would have had all 13 of his turkeys coming back. He would have been on riding on a high. I mean, you yeah. could not have measured the size of his chest if that had happened. And yet... Justin Fields scrambles, throws for the touchdown to give the Bears 20 points, more than 18, and make it necessary for Jalen Hurts to throw one more pass to A.J. Brown, dropping him or bringing him to 181 yards and meaning that the Eagles don't cover. So Zach gets two hits. He loses all of those turkeys. Marissa wins. What an unbelievable turn of super events. I can't believe he threw that ball. I'm looking at the box score like, how did this happen? There's a 69 here. And Michael's like, they are not throwing the ball. They are running the ball. Like, (laughs) they are not throwing the ball. And then what do you see? A nice pass to A.J. Brown. And I was like, literally jumping out of my chair. (laughs) I was like, thank you, Sirianni. (laughs) I mean, Steichen, I should say. (laughs) So first off, congratulations, Marissa. You earned that one. Well done. Number two, uh, yeah, the Eagles defense, which which I I had been talking up throughout the season. Uh, my uh, my objectivity here is going to be uncompromised because I'm not going to change what I say about Jonathan Gannon, even though his unit cost me some points there. The third thing is uh, to give a little color for our audience. Um, 
I I turned to Bo and I'm like, Bo, 169, right? And if if somebody else is in the press box overhearing this, they <laughs> they probably think that um I'm like how Bo was when I was describing Hassan Reddick earlier, that I um acting like a teenager in this situation. No, I I was simply pointing this out for I think you said get deep and then come from behind, is what I think you said. <laughs> I would okay. Ah, uh, so in any event, uh, Marissa, well done. And me, this is... I mean, you thought is, that Messi uh, Mbappe was dramatic. That was nothing compared to Zach yeah. and Marissa. Yeah. So this is this is the feeling like when, you know, you're in a fantasy football league and you lose in the playoffs and you're just like, that's it. I had a good season. I put it together, but I'm, it's over now. And no, it's not. not over. It's, it's going to be hard for me. Zach. I think I I Zach, need I only to... have two points. Yeah, but I we're think gonna, if we're, we're... going to change the rules in the playoffs, Bo doesn't know that yet. We're going to work with Denise. We've and... said the playoffs will be two, three, four. Yeah. Yeah, but Bo is carrying all his turkeys over. Yes. So Bo's got he's got a little cool. The only thing that that we have working for us, Marissa, uh, is is that um, I I don't believe in messing with the integrity of the game, but we do get to choose the the our our submissions correct yeah. so on a week when when bo uh has the most turkeys something turkeys we yeah. can in essence make it more oh, challenging to openly win openly colluding this is unbelievable this isn't colluding this is this a is... scandal <laughs> uh but that, but for the integrity of the game that's 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 not good and the purpose of swooper is to get items to hit so well done Anti-competitive nonsense. <laughs> All right. Congratulations, Marissa. Happy Thank for you. you. What a swing that was. Yeah. All right, Zach. I, I guess uh, let's let's just close this out big picture. How are you feeling about this, this Eagles team heading into the final three games and the playoffs? I mean, do you do you think do you think we're gonna be going to Arizona? I don't know. I Look, it'd should be Marissa much... book her flight? I'm well, going well yeah, I think Marissa should. Marissa's a, a senior producer. Yeah. I'm not a senior writer, so I'm going. Uh, I just want yeah. you guys to come with me. Um, yeah, I, I, I would love to be there. Um, but honestly, well, let's let's see what happens. There, there's a, there's a, a lot that's going to go on between now and the end of the season. Playoffs are the playoffs are season within themselves. Uh, so much could occur, uh, but. If you have that buy, which it looks like they have, and you have the home field advantage, then I think you can at least count on the NFC Championship game. It's uh, now I know that. What, that's you, what the are case. you rooting for if you're the Eagles in terms of playoff schedule? What would you like to see? If you're the Eagles, I well, I think you're hoping for a first round upset, a, a wild card round upset, so you don't see the Cowboys in Week Two. I think what you really want to want the, the only thing you really want to avoid is having to play Dallas, San Francisco back to back. If you could, yes. if you could somehow play someone else in that first game, that would be great. That's why I think yeah. you root for the Vikings to get the two seed because I think they're the most likely team to lose as a two seed, and then you're going to get a seven seed. Um. I don't know. That's what I think. Yeah. So if if you get yeah, if well, I guess if it's a three seed, they could just as easily lose to a six seed. Yes, you're you're hoping for a Minnesota loss, basically. I think right? that's what you're rooting for. Yeah. 
and and then whether it's it's the it's the Giants, whether it's the Commanders, the Seahawks, the Lions. I mean, the Packers have a have a have a slim shot there. But, How would you rank those teams in terms of most desirable to play or least desirable? I mean, no disrespect to the game that just occurred. You want to see the Giants any? Like, I think the Eagles yeah. are so much better than yeah. the Giants. So much better. So yeah. if you give the Eagles a home game against the Giants to, uh, to start the playoffs, that's like just sleep. Especially if it, after they would have not played against them in Week yep. 18. And the, and they would have the bye, and the Giants are in all these high leverage games late in the season. Yeah, if the Giants upset yeah. the Vikings, let's say the Giants play the Vikings, and the Giants upset the Vikings. I mean, that's, how funny would that be? Uh, that that would be the ideal situation for the Eagles, right? Yeah. So, but I, I think, think the look, Lions I, are probably the the least desirable of those wild card teams. I think they're the best team of that group. Well, yes and no. I mean, I know I've said this time and time again. And I sound like I sound like a a. Uh, you know, a, a network TV guy, which hey, that, that wouldn't be the worst thing. You look right? like one too. But <laughs> but you don't want to see Aaron Rodgers in January, right? And I, I do mean that. You don't want to see Aaron Rodgers, you don't want to see Tom Brady. Um, these guys have won too many big games before. That's fair. All right, Zach. Uh any any uh any Chicago grades that you'd like to pass along? Love coming to Chicago. Love it was Chicago. it was legitimately cold. It was very but, cold. Um <laughs> But it was nice to it's a it's it's a great city to walk around in. I wish, you know, I I didn't get to go to my favorite burger spot here. I probably should have, but uh, I was a little You know there's a little Cheval, Zach. You yeah, could have gone to the other one. Not open on on Saturday. Oh, really? The one by me. Yeah, the one by me, not open on on, on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Definitely look that up. But there's one in New York that I can go to, so. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I walked around. I I uh you know, tonight I, I saw some uh, friends from high school. Nice to see them, listeners of the of the, of the show, Tim and John. Um, and did they, did they like the uh, bit about you calling your middle school crushes the other day? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that 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 did not come up in conversation. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, you're not I, gonna believe this. I forgot the homework again. <laughs> Can you tell me what it is? Paul, I was much smoother than that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, come on, seriously. Uh, I, I hope the Eagles are 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 here again soon. The the last time the Eagles were here, I admittedly came in the morning of and flew the the night of because Emily was nine nine months pregnant. Mm, I remember that. Uh, yeah, she had the baby two days later, um, and. The baby had and a name or Sloan. Yeah, the baby's name is Sloan. Yes. <laughs> she had Sloan two days later. Uh, and then before that, it was 2016. And before that was the 2014 preseason. So uh, there was a, a a point where they where, where they came 2008, 2009, 2010, three years in a row. Um I hope the Eagles can get a preseason game here or something because yeah. love coming the to Chicago. The more Chicago, the better. Love of Chicago. Exactly. How was your Chicago stay? You were here for longer than Yeah, I did some more like touristy stuff than I've done in Chicago. Did a little uh, did a little second city on Friday night with my sister who happened to be in town for work. That was fun. I find like uh, like improv is like not, not really my jam. Um, and I found like the the very beginning of the show, like deeply embarrassing. 
Um, but they really, I mean, they were really good and they really won me over and I, we, we had a great time. And I, and it's also fun because you're watching thinking like some of these people are going to pop for sure. Like they were, we were like stack ranking the performers. There's two or three of them who are, who, who I think have some real upside, <laughs> real future. Um, and then got to hang out on Saturday with my buddy Sife. Listeners will remember him because he's got big hands. Got to meet the family. Uh, and we had, had a little dinner. Great time. Are you a deep dish fan? No. This has also been this was discussed okay. pre-double uh, doink. Okay. Uh, I think deep dish is terrible, but I've had uh, you know I've had the Lou Malnati's, which uh, which was yeah. which was awful. Um, oh, Michael like raves about that. Oh, terrible. Wow. It takes forever. Yeah. To, it takes forever to cook. It goes bad super quickly. Uh, just not good. It's not it, pizza's real pizza's better. Sorry, I'm much more of a thin crust person than a than a deep dish, but I also believe when in Rome, right? And so, uh, I did have deep dish here, and yeah, I I I don't have the I don't have a distaste for it. If you put thin crust and deep dish in front of me, I would have the thin crust, but I don't mind the deep dish. It's a day with pizza is better than a day without pizza. So, I guess. I mean, not not necessarily. All right, we can like give you a million dollars and say no pizza today. All right, or I fair kick you in the shins and then throw a piece of pizza in your face. I think one of those days is better than the other. Fair enough. Okay, <laughs> if if you want to argue that technicality, that if you have a million dollars or a day with pizza, I concede the million dollars is better. If the two <laughs> options are a day with pizza or a day without pizza, I would prefer a day with pizza. That's like the, the like you chose two things that have nothing in common with each other, right? <laughs> so I was making it a binary thing. Jeremiah says pizza is overrated. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, go I, hell. I, I well, I always say the customer is right. In this case, the customer is not right. Pizza is not overrated, Jeremiah. Now people are saying, would you do Chicago dog versus not a huge? I like a Chicago dog. So I'm more of a hot dog as like. A conven- you know, if you're at a ball game or, and you want something quick, or if you're in New York, you pass a hot dog stand, you just need something quick to eat. I'm not a hot dog as a destination person, right? So I want to go to a hot dog restaurant, number one. And then number two, if I have all these great food options, I'm not actively seeking a hot dog. I wouldn't order a hot dog at a restaurant, but hot dog in a backyard barbecue Hot dog, hot dog at a ball game. That's fine, but I'm not going to Portillo's for a hot dog. I like a Chicago dog. I mean, it's a good, it's a good changeup. I don't know why you, why you're so anti dog, but I'm not anti dog. I'm just saying it's not, it's not a destination food for me. It doesn't have to be a destination food. It can still be good. <laughs> okay, okay. I like. Jeremiah is doubling down on the chat on pizza is definitely overrated. <laughs> Spaghetti over pizza. hundred says Jeremiah. I mean, I got, I like spaghetti too. Don't get me wrong. Porque no los dos. All right. Uh, but uh, awesome. Awesome being in Chicago. I really enjoy it. Next time we're here, let's check out a Northwestern football game or something. Right. I mean, there are like a million of better things to do in Chicago, but I know, I know you've got some, 
you got some connections. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. The Eagles, unbelievably, are 13-1. and Can you imagine? They are one magic number away from the number one seed in the NFC. They escaped Chicago with a victory in the cold. Playoff weather. So, for Zach and the victorious Marissa Dunn and... Let's say one of the middle school girls that Zach called again. <laughs> let's let's put that storyline to rest, okay, and move on. That is as as coaches say, as coaches say, we're burying the game film. We're <laughs> we're burying the game film on that. That is that is not I I'm okay being the punching bag of jokes. I accept that, but let's 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 not have a joke from literally 23 years ago. Well, no, I mean the joke is from like four days ago. <laughs> you know what I mean from the from something that occurred 23 years ago. Yes. Why not? I mean, what were you doing at, at 13 years old? Uh, 13 years old. What is that? Seventh grade? Eighth grade? Seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was hanging out. I don't know. I was playing baseball, probably playing sports. Okay. I had some I had some girls I was calling, but I wasn't okay. pretending to be uh, losing my homework. I wasn't losing. All right. The dog ate my homework. I you were wrapping up the movies. I have with to me. make Zach feel better because I was telling my mom this story, and she's like, "My cousin used to live across the street from us, so he was the same age as me, so he would invite his friends over." And we would like go outside and play basketball. And like, I was like, I'm playing basketball with Kyle and his friends and like hanging out. And my mom thought I, she was like dumb. Like I wasn't hanging out with the boys across the street. So, I mean, we all did it, Zach. It's okay. Thank you. Yes. I'm actually <laughs> I'll concerned. throw myself under the bus yeah. to make you Thank feel you. better. I'm concerned Bo wasn't doing it. Honestly. But do you remember? <laughs> Please. Do you remember their phone numbers, Marissa? I mean, that's the whole no, thing I is that he still remember their remembers their phone numbers because he was so incessant on calling them no. every night and going through his Rolodex no, it was, that he no. still remembers their numbers no, 20 it's, years later. I it's, do remember a few of their birthdays, which I it shocks me all the time when I check the calendar. I'm like, oh, it's XYZ's birthday. <laughs> but I don't know the phone number. I, I have a, a jumper. I have a good memory. I I I, I can remember I can remember dates. I can remember numbers. I, I can remember people's names, faces. I'm good with that. So. The smell of their hair and Mrs. <laughs> no. I don't remember the smell there. No, but I do associate um, smells with with things sometimes. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Zach, you should just end it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's wrap this, this up. Getting worse. I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> he added that in himself, but I but I do remember smells about certain things sometimes. <laughs> He couldn't help himself. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Seriously. Zach's <laughs> uh, got a uh, radio hit to get up for. We, yeah. Hey, I've been gone since 540 this morning. Let's, let's get rolling. That's your own fault, though. Why did you get up at 540 on a Sunday when you were away from home? I was excited for the day. You had some smells to remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for Marissa and Zach... 
and uh, pizza-hating Jeremiah. I'm Bo. We will talk to you later this week. Big week, Cowboys week. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. We'll talk to you later. And as always, we love you.